Hi friends, it is me, Taylor. I never normally do this before episodes, but I felt it necessary for this one to give you guys a little bit of a preface. So you're about to watch my sit down with Chris Sherwin, who is no BS. You are going to be obsessed with him. He goes by the coaching cop. Okay, he co-hosts the show Three Cops Talk, but there's one glaring thing missing and that is the shooting that happened last week in Uvalde. And that's because when we shot this, that hadn't happened yet. So that being said, we get into so many controversial topics, you know, how the media distorts so many narratives, you know, his time being boots on the ground and what the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp case looks like from that point of view, like that whole circus, right? LeBron James running in his mouth, the housewife who was canceled for speaking up. Oh my God, you just wait. Okay. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show and go get yourselves canceled. A cop and a provocateur, if you will walk into a bar. What happens? They're both ready to talk. The bar that is, that is this Zoom, okay? We're about to find out because we are joined today by Chris Sherwin. Chris, like yours truly, he is always ready and willing to go there. Let me tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris went from business management to pursuing a life in law enforcement. And then he went on to begin his own private security company. I, you guys are going to love this about Chris. Okay. He has a show. It's called three cops talk name something that we need more right now. I will patiently wait. Okay. And on this show, they really air out the tough conversations. It's all about building community and trust and really getting into the nitty gritty of what people are talking about, you know, in the shadows, but don't really air out. And we are here to do that today. He also has a coaching business now because like this, he's all about you know, empowering people to, right, Chris, 100%. to, uh, to, to go there and to, uh, to do their thing. So without further ado, Chris Sherwin, welcome to cancel me, baby. Chris, this is a little bit out of my comfort zone today, but oh. I am so, <laughs> look at my notes. It is like a Torah <laughs> scroll. I am so, we got a lot to cover and I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And just like you said, being out of your comfort zone, I mean, that's how you get problem solved and that's how you move on and that's how people grow. So I, this is perfect because you're a little, you know, you're getting your own comfort zone. I'm out here by myself doing this thing. I'm out of my comfort zone. So this is going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. So first, all right, let's, as I said, you know, these are conversations, especially with police and with law enforcement. I feel like we have to tiptoe around everything. And this is why it's part of, you know, out of my comfort zone. And we always have to qualify everything, right? It's like, right. well, well, you know, even talking about this issue, well, you know, I know I'm not this race, but I feel like this, I know. And it's just become to the point where it's almost damaging because, no one knows how to talk about it. And I'm sure right. you find that on your show. Has your show been out of your comfort zone? Oh, hundred percent. Because you have to, because you have to, here's the thing. You have to talk and you've got to listen where as a policeman, when you're or a copper, when you go into a situation, I mean, you're in control. I mean, you just do the whole thing. Anybody gets out of line, you know, you handle, you know, you handle it or whatever here. You really have to listen deep down. Like if you listen to some shows, we had guys on a show that were murderers. And you have to listen where they come from, um, what they're thinking, what they're doing. And you kind of have to feel it. Now, you don't necessarily agree. But at the end, when you have one of these guys saying, never in my life would I think that I'd be sitting in a, in a room with three white cops having an intelligent conversation about stuff is 
it, it's very empowering. It's very empowering. It's empowering and it's refreshing. We're going to get to this. We're going to talk about the housewife that Bravo fired for unpopular opinions about policing. Right. But that's the point. It's We've gotten to the point where we shut people out of the dialogue. That's why what you're doing and you know what you just said, it, it is so refreshing because I feel that even if it is a murderer, we need to get in everybody's heads sure. and air out where people are. I just don't think it serves us to make it seem like they don't exist because how does that help us? Right. Correct. So yep. this whole thing, listen, I am no, like I said, I am no expert in this arena, but I do want to touch on the human of it all, especially Chris, as you know, it's become such a left, right issue, right? Left, right. all police are bad, defund the police, right? All police are, you know, saints and perfect and good. So let's just get into the basic to start off with, right? How right. does it feel to be a cop right now? And how do you notice people acting around you? Do well, they act I mean, different? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, being a cop right now, here's the thing for me, being a cop, it's a calling. Some guys take it as a job and you can tell those people, uh, the men and women that take this job just as a job, you can tell. You can also tell okay. the vast majority of us who, who, that this is a calling and being, being a cop. I mean, I still love being a cop, just like a lot of my brothers and sisters, but it's so uneasy now because mm -hmm. like seriously in, in different parts of the, of the world, people just want to kill you because you're the police. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that you just don't like you, which there, the history, the, the present, the future, there are going to be people that just don't like the police. It's just, and that's fine. And then, and that's fine. But to the level now where they just want to kill you, it, it's, it's crazy because of, I think of the media and the false narratives on both sides that have yeah. gotten out there. And, and I think that's why it's just important for people to kind of get their facts together. And it's so it's a little bit of an uneasy feeling, especially when you're going into different uh, different places where people support the police. Like where I came from out of Illinois, I mean, you, you never walk into a, a store to get a soda and, you know, some guy talk to you or, or whatever, because, you know, you automatically think that this guy's going to kill you here or I'm in Florida now. It's still, you still have that caution yellow in your brain. Like, you know, it's this guy or this person for real, but it's just here when they, they're, they're very supportive. Yeah. Being the police right now in some cities, God bless the people who take up that job because it's, it's, it's really, really rough when people want to kill you just sitting in your car outside the station. But I mean, hopefully the pendulum will swing the other way and we can get some more truth out there and people can start getting along. Well, you were in Chicago, Chris, for 20 mm -hmm. years serving. Right. Is that right? Right outside Chicago. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing too, something that is overlooked, especially in my arena, right? Where we see the elites, whether it be Hollywood celebrities or politicians, you know, preach all day long about defunding the police, this and that. Meanwhile, I mean, there's two factors here, right? It's like the hypocrisy because give up your private gated, you know, security and your neighborhoods, right. but also, you know, I feel like Chicago and the inner, you know, the bad parts of Chicago is always the reference of, you know, how horrible the crime is there mm -hmm. and, you know, the shootings and killings that go on there that no one seems to like, none of these elites or people seem to address or talk about, right? Correct. Because it doesn't happen to them. Right. 
I feel like what's getting un- overlooked right now is the sacrifice. I mean, you're a perfect example sure. of that. Like you were in business management and you go into law enforcement. And I've always said on my show, it's like that sacrifice where you guys don't know if you're going to go home to your families at the end of the day. Right. And I've had Correct. so many people who listen to my show, whether they themselves are in law enforcement, maybe their husband saying thank you. Mm-hmm. And where did we get to this point where that's completely, you know, overlooked? Well, I think what happens is people don't understand. And again, this is just what I've been through in my perspective. I don't think people realize that police, just like everybody else, get punished when they do something wrong. People are calling you on their worst day. And then that's the truth. And you don't expect to get medals and thank yous and whatever, because you you take this job is, is because you truly want to serve your community. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happened was is that the... Um, that the narrative has gone to that we can just go in and beat anybody up we want and not have to answer for it or that we go out and we just hunt down black people because that's what we do. I mean, and that is so far from the truth, but that is what's portraying. And I just think that people really have to figure out and look what we do. Like we go out there every day and, and, and here's a perfect example. So mm-hmm. we have th- th- this narrative that, that we go out, we kill black people or whatever on unarmed black men every day. I've been on the job going on 22 years, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, I have never, when I got a radio job or a radio call, I never, ever, ever asked. And the group of people that, that I work with have never asked, hey, uh, what color are they? By the way, can I get, never, you've never, you get the radio call and you go and you do it. People don't realize that that's what we do. That's what we do. And it, it, but what happens is when you do have that 0.01% of the police officers that don't deserve to wear the badge. Mm -hmm. That's what people jump on a bandwagon with. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to sit down and say, this is the truth. This is the reality. And nobody wants to take responsibility. Like there are bad cops. There are also bad people. Right. Policemen get punished just as much as bad people. Look at the Chauvin case. He got, you know, he, he got sent to prison. That was a bad move. He, and I, during the riots, I was with hundreds of cops during the riots, hundreds. Mm-hmm. And we're out there and we're in the fight. And not one copper that I was with ever said, man, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, they railroaded him. No, he kneeled on his neck for eight minutes. It's wrong. That is right. wrong. What's wrong you know, is wrong. What's wrong is wrong. And, and, and I think that's where a lot of where a lot of this whole false narrative comes. And they take that and they run, they run with this. And they yes. that that and that is a small percentage. And and I feel horrible that he died, but they take that and then every little thing after that, um, it's it's what we do bad, not what we do good. I'll give you a perfect example, Chris. So obviously my work is in the media, right? And I look mm-hmm. at these news outlets and I, on the entertainment, pop culture, social issue side, I have experienced this. I've experienced wanting to bring a point of view out there and then basically saying, no, this is not in our narrative, right? No, we're Mm -hmm. not. Again, like earlier, we're not going to acknowledge that this exists. Here's a perfect example. I just read this story. There was a man who worked at Reuters. Reuters reaches millions of people every single day. And Mm -hmm. he really was in the nitty gritty in the weeds of statistics and looking at all of the numbers, right? So when everything was going on with BLM, he realized something isn't match quite matching up here because we're seeing all of these sensationalized headlines about how black people are unproportionately killed by police. So what he actually found is that 
not oh. only were white people killed more, which there are more white people than black people. So that should be the case, right? By police. But he found that in one year, there were 18 black people killed by police and 10,000 killed in inner cities. Right. So he, but when he tried to bring this to light, Chris, and this is what I mean with the narratives, he was mocked by his coworkers. They said mm -hmm. to him, we're not going to engage with such an idiot. He right. was fired by Reuters and Reuters wouldn't even engage in a conversation with him, despite the fact that he had brought to the table actual numbers facts. and facts. And more importantly, what he said was the fact that we need to focus on where people actually need police to protect us over here. Mm -hmm. This is what we should be focusing on. And yet he was silenced and fired. Well, so, I think I, I think with that, I, and uh, as far as you made a statement that um, more white people are killed by police, which is true, but the perspective of because there are more white people, that's kind of actually because of the numbers. I think it's because that it it has to do with where we are at as a society in regards to where are our problems, where are people committing the most crimes that police have to go to, and that is the inner city poor you know, gang ridden neighborhoods. So the, f and the fact that it, the street cred for these neighborhoods is killing a cop or going against a cop, um, beating up a cop is high. So I, with that being said, we have to get to the problem and just take color out of it. I don't care it does, because let's just say young black men commit a ton of crime in inner city. That is truth. That is the statistics. So as a society, we want to put a Band-Aid on it. But well, what's what causes that? Is it well? And, and listen, and I'm, I'm just I'm 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 spitballing. Let's mm -hmm. just say, well, because they don't have dads or let's just say this is a mm -hmm. uh, this is a learned behavior, w whatever. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. What's the problem? So if the problem is not the police, because by the time they deal with us, that's a whole learned behavior. OK. What is the problem with that, with that area, with that culture, with these specific people, whatever the statistics show, white, black, Indian, Hispanic, whatever. Why don't we talk about that? Why don't we throw money at that? <clears throat> Too many single moms, not enough educated, whatever it is. And on top of that, why don't we educate them? Why don't we take our money? Listen, we have, we have, our jails are full. Why don't we take some of our money? And have people who are in jail who are nonviolent that don't know anything else because it's a learned behavior. Why don't we have them build roads? They get up at five, they go to work, they come back to jail. Every Friday, they sit down with a financial person or every two weeks, here's your paycheck. You have to pay us a dollar for rent, whatever it is, $20 for food. You have two kids, so they have to get 50 bucks each. This is what you have at the end of the day. After six months, now they have a skill. They know how to use. They now know have some type of financial responsibility. They know what it is. Now, can you beat the fact that they could sell sling dope for $5,000 a week? No, that's a personal choice. But now they have some skills that they have a choice. They have a choice now. If you choose to sell dope, you come back, you get locked up. That's mm -hmm. it. That's all. But we're not addressing that these guys go to jail and all they do is learn how to kill the police and steal and rob and everything else. Right. They just get better at their craft. We don't address that, but we're going to address the police that go in and they have to take care of business because they're fighting for their lives. That's the problem. 
These problems started way before. I love how you look at the root of the issue because you're right. It is always a band-aid this, band-aid that. And we never really do get to the root of it. And I've explored it on my show as well, even from a social aspect. You talk about, you know, maybe do they not have good resources, education, a single parent home on a kind of social level. We're also in this climate where even like from a woman point of view, right? It's like, you can't acknowledge, no, a woman can rate, you know, raise, you know, by herself. But is there something to be said about having two good role models or not a broken home that applies to all this? It's like, you can't acknowledge, does that make sense? It's like, you can't acknowledge um, what could be, you know, the roots of those issues. Right. But but right. Exactly. And you, and, and that's the thing. And it, when you get to the root of the problem, that's where I don't think people want to address. And what's, and the flip side is, you do have successful homes where you have a single mother or you have a single father. Why aren't we talking to them and how they did it? I had, hun, that's a yeah. really good point. And I shout out to those yeah. because I know them 100%. and I've seen them and they kick out. Yes. yes. And why aren't we getting them national coverage or say, Hey, listen, I took food stamps until I did until I hit this point. Then I did, uh, I used mm-hmm. all these resources to get my sons and daughters educated. We, I had to, a captain that came from, uh, the heart of Chicago. He had nothing. Why aren't we talking to his mom yes. to figure out how he did it? See, you talk about narratives, Chris. And I also feel like a narrative on the right is, you know, the nuclear family, it's the only way. Otherwise, basically you will rot in jail, right? And right. that's another extreme narrative exactly. because yep. I don't think, you know, it's not where we're at now. I think that there is truth in that, but that's where they're extreme too, because they act like this is the only way. And if else, you you know, you will fail miserably in life. And so, you know, that's not true either. No, it's not true. But what you see on the street and when they don't want to dress is is when you have, when you see people having children just so they can increase their government paycheck as compared to a mom who has a child because uh, whether it's accident or because it was planned and they're alone, I think that's where the narrative comes because you had the one mom that'll struggle to make sure that everything gets done right. And the other one that doesn't. And why are we educating people to the fact, Hey, listen, when you have a child, that's on you. And okay. Everybody makes mistakes. It could have happened to probably 98% of us that we could have had a child before we were married or whatever, but you, if, if you're not going into that act going, I know what the outcome is. I know what my responsibilities are. That's an educational problem. Mm-hmm. And we're not addressing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you actually get, I, I feel like so many, oh, and I'm so used to it, especially interviewing celebrities. They're so surface level about everything. Right. So it's so refreshing to actually get into the nitty gritty. Speaking of that, Chris, because you were in Chicago Okay, you are you in a not so great neighborhood in Florida? Is that what? Um, uh, where work I'm wise? at? Yeah, work wise, I would say it's not that it's 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 horrible, but it's not you know it's not going to be your uh you know there's no five million dollar mansions there. I could tell okay. you that. Okay, okay. So. so talk to me when you see again these you know, celebrities or even these political elites, right? Speaking up about defunding police, this or that, kind of what we were saying earlier. Meanwhile, like, I don't know about you, but I've seen their private security on call 24 oh, yeah. seven. 
what is your initial reaction? Oh, I've gotten calls from these celebrities, you know, to be, you know, to, 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 to protect them when they're going out and doing their thing or whatever. Um, <laughs> I just think it's, une- it's, it's, it's people who are uneg- un- uneducated in regards to the reality. I think that's really the big thing. It'd be like me talking about nuclear physics, you know, nuclear physics. I don't know anything about it. They are trying to jump on the bandwagon for whatever reason. And I'm not, I'm no celebrity. I don't know. I deal in truth that whether they're trying to gain popularity or whether they're trying to gain friends, whatever, or they don't want to go against their friends because if they know if they go against everybody that they're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be blackballed. Um, I think it's just uneducational and they're living in these mansions with armed guards and everything else and nothing would happen to them. And they don't, they don't want to get down to the root of the problem. They want to go surface level, just like you said, the world's rainbows and unicorns and what and I and here I'm going to give you I'm, I'm going to give you what, what what we talk about all the time. You have these celebrities that that run their mouth or whatever. Let's just take Colin Kaepernick for example. He's the one that started kneeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you want to kneel for the national anthem or whatever, that that is why I go out and do what I do. That's why my brothers and sisters go out and do what they do. So because we are defending your constitutional right, do it. Whatever. Do I agree with it? No. But that's what why we do what we do. But what are you doing to solve the problem? You're going around banging a drum, you know, blowing the kazoo, blowing the trumpets. When was the last time you went and you called me up and said, hey, Chris, I want to have a conversation with you because how do we solve the problem? How do you well, solve the- What am I doing? Doesn't it go for the NBA, Chris, because they had the BLM, you know, on the sure on the courts, on everywhere, you know, do right. you feel the same about that as well? Like, what is I, it really doing? Right. I, and I do. And, I, and, and listen, <clears throat> black lives matter. They have the power to do so much. And I think that's what people have to realize when you have the power and just like us as civilians and not in the political realm, we have so much power by the vote, but we've got to be educated. Black Lives Matter has the power to probably make things better, but they chose to do it for they, they chose to do no good instead of good. And people have to realize that what they could have done is they could have educated everybody on the truth. They had a national audience. Do you know how many young black lives they might have saved that they went out and, went, and, and just said, listen, if you comply with the police, because it's a, it, if they give you a lawful order, you have to follow it. Complain later. Do your court stuff, sue what you need to do, do whatever you need to do. If they were to get that national message out, just that one line, you know how many people would probably be living right now? I have issue with with that organization and I follow them on social media because oh, yeah. I like to see. Again, I don't shut people out that I don't, you know, right, right. agree. I like to see and my issue, you know, is number one, how divisive they are and how mm-hmm. they really do create such hate and hostility yep. towards yep. police versus what you're saying, which is let's bridge the gap and have some communication here. And what I think is your point, not that I'm putting words in your mouth, these are my words, but basically took the millions and millions of dollars. And instead of maybe opening yes. schools and courses for young kids, they went and bought themselves mansions. Yes, so 100%. let's just exactly. talk about that, right? No, yeah. Yeah, that's and, and that's what I'm saying. They they these organizations, this Black Lives Matter. They, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're all they are is a hate group. That's it's, all they are. It's that's sad. All it is. It's it is really sad. sad. It's Espe- really really sad. Especially when you have people like me or you 
or other people that really want to get the truth out there and bridge this gap for real, for real. I mean, when you're out there and and you're, and you're trying to wave this banner and they're buying $6 million mansions, you know what I could have done with $6 million to advertise my show to get people like Shaquille O'Neal on or LeBron James, I'll get them on the show. Listen, me and me and my partners or whatever, we go through doors together. Do you think we're afraid to talk to somebody about the reality of it? We're not. And listen, we learn something every show that we interview people. We'll sit down with anybody because the, the truth is the truth and the facts are the facts. And then we, after we learn the truth, we have to band together and vote the people in that will address the truth and, and take care of these problems. Mm-hmm. Why don't they call somebody, not LeBron James, not, you know, <laughs> Not Shaquille O'Neal or, 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 or call somebody today, go to the worst district in Baltimore, worst district in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Listen, we have $2 million. What can we do? And here's the deal. I'm not going to write the $2 million check to the city. What can I do to improve society in the worst neighborhood? What can I do? Mm-hmm. It's education. Fine. Let's do it. Let's talk about going off of that before we get to the housewife who was fired for speaking up about this. Okay. I saw what's going on in cities right now in terms of violence and how it's just the crime is getting so out of hand. Right. I mean, I left Los Angeles um, before it's as bad as it is now. And here's something else, Chris, it's swept under the rug. It's like, we can't acknowledge how bad the crime is. Meanwhile, all my friends who left LA will message me every day. Look at this person who just yep. got stabbed on Hollywood Boulevard in broad yep. daylight. Look at this, right? But it's like, we can't acknowledge it. Cause again, it's this whole mindset of deep on the police. That's the PC thing to do. I heard a story, Barry Weiss, a journalist I admire, who's all about common sense. Like you and I, right. thank God. She talked about how her friend, he had a knife pulled out in, on him in LA, called the LAPD. And do you know what they said? Basically, what do you want us to do? Right. right? That, that's the point we're at. So yep. before we wrap this, this segment, you know, what is going on there with the, to the fact that we can't acknowledge how bad the, you know, New York, same thing. And I used to live there too, but. Well, I think it is, because we can't acknowledge it because I think, again, it goes to the truth. I think it goes to who's committing these crimes. Why are they committing these crimes? And they are not being held accountable for these crimes because of who they are, their race, their culture or whatever. And again, I don't I don't care who it is. You pull a knife on somebody, you're going to jail. That's it. I mean, this but is people the- are afraid. People are afraid to get yes. sued or, or to get to be yeah. pointed in the national media that yeah. you instead of saying we are arresting. Too many black guys, too many black women, too many white guys, too many white women, too many Asians, too many. Instead of addressing that issue that why is this happening? They're addressing it as, well, they're not going to be held responsible because then it doesn't exist. That's really sad. I mean, and this is something, again, that you can't air out, but we see it. For example, when there were crimes, you know, against Asians in New York City, no, you notice it in the news stories, right? It's Mm -hmm. so funny, like with the narratives, like no one in the news stories would acknowledge that the crimes were committed by black men. However, if there's a crime where a white man attacks, it's all white supremacist, this white supremacist, that, you know, you look at it. That's how, if we see it over and over and over or don't in news stories, that on some level is going to sink into our psyche, right? What we acknowledge and what we don't. Right. Look at the shooting in Buffalo. What do you hear? Okay. Was it racially motivated based on what I hear? Yes. I haven't done a lot of research on it, but why do we, why do we say a black man's been arrested? 
a white man has been arrested, an Asian man. Why don't we just say a man has been arrested, a woman has been arrested? Why do we have to add that adjective to what is going on? Why do we do that? Because listen, a man's a man, That's woman's a, a woman, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's a good point. It I mean, it feeds into their, their, yes. you know, their narratives. And I feel like with the crime we're seeing in these cities, it's what you talk about with the band-aids. It's like, these cities are suffering with all this crime because these politicians, I feel like from up in their high, you know, mansions, push right. their narrative, push their, push their, push their, push their agenda, you know, yet this is what's really happening. And it's sad because it's like, to what end, like at what cost, you know, and what, and, and what, to what cost and what are they gaining from it? They get votes and they get money. That's that. That's what this is about. Horrible. And we have a serious crisis going on. You think the pandemic was bad? We're going to um, talk about that. We're yeah. going to get to that. Um, but we have a pandemic going on with young people thinking that we're going to we are going to allow a lawless society. And you have people, politicians living Horrible. in their five million dollar mansions, letting this happen until I'm telling you right now, until one of their brothers or their cousins or their wives get killed then what's going to happen when they're going to say hey i want the police to take the street back again do you realize what that's going to take from a police standpoint do you think that that day will come oh yeah we, we've already seen it there's a couple of news stories out there where um, at one point they were trying to they were doing what they call a bail reform basically if you don't have the money you don't have to post bail and there was a politician that got uh, carjacked and the carjack or did not have enough money for bail and they walked you know they let him out on a signature and the politician went absolutely nuts. They don't talk to the people with boots on the ground. They just let it go until something happens. Before I pivot, okay, to, you know, Bravo pop cultures, there has been feedback, say like a LeBron, right? Mm -hmm. Of somebody speaking out and people, it's just leaving a bad taste in people's mouths because it's like you have benefited, like you are living in the lap of luxury. Right. And yet, you know, I know it's nuanced, right? But at the same time, it's like you're going to, you know, bash a country or a place that has allowed you to succeed and to mm -hmm. have more resources and privilege. You know, you're in the 1%, right? Unlike right. anybody else. What is your take on that? Because they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Like some of my, some of the shows that me and my partners have had, it we're in the room with gangbangers and murderers, and we have to get out of our comfort zone. Where, when you have people like LeBron or whatever, they're just running their mouths and they're not getting out of their comfort zone by going to address the problem or talk to the people. They spout something out without thinking about the ramifications, and they don't want to do anything about it. I think it's just instead of looking and saying, you know what, I've been blessed with this God-given talent to be a, a professional athlete or an actor or an actress. <clears throat> what can I do to make the society better so maybe other people could get blessed? No, no, we don't do that. We spot off at the mouth because the more likes I get on Instagram by saying stupid stuff, the more advertisers call me and say, hey, would you advertise our shoe, our microphone, our hats, whatever, the more I get by saying something stupid. But but what that does is that causes me to get a hot call because people are killing each other. Then I defend people. And then you're going to get on the news and say, I did something wrong to make more money without addressing the problem. When you could have called me ahead of time and said, Hey, Chris, I know I'm LeBron James or I'm so-and-so. I said, 
this is the view we have. I have all these resources. What can we do? If he gets out to 1.5 million people, 100,000 of those people go, hmm, maybe I should start talking to the police when they're sitting at the gas station and getting their take on stuff. Then it turns into a million. Yeah. For a 30-minute conversation. Imagine. And the thing is, nobody holds them accountable like you nope. are. It's like to the left, they're a hero. And to the, to the right, they're a monster, right? So nobody's actually going, well, how about you take it to the next level? And I don't, is- even think, I don't even think that they're monsters. I think that they're uneducated in regards to what really happens on the street. And they yeah. are, uh, and, they, and I'm just, I'm going to put this out there. And I don't care who hears it. They're afraid. Do you think that me and my partners don't get a little, some butterfly, then we, the, the things we've seen and the things we do, don't you think we get a little, some butterflies and going, hmm, how's the show going to go with this guy who's in jail for nine years for or 10 years for second degree murder? We get butterflies, but, but we do it because it's not going to get better if you don't. And, you know, to talk about it on your show with these people is one thing, right? How right. about actually being on the ground, right. getting that call? And being there, right? you know, and that's something people don't talk about either. I can't even imagine the amount of nerves or, you know, what even goes on in your head. Right. But, but again, if you have people like LeBron James, then just, just take up that fight. It's it, trust me, it's nerve wracking and it's scary. And you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose followers. You're going to lose whatever. But if you just take 100 young men and women that don't know any better in regards to what they were taught, a hundred in five years, that could be 10,000, mm-hmm. a million, just by educating them about what, what is expected and what is not, what is good and what is not. The, the exponential profound impact that that would have in our society oh, yeah. is crazy, but yet they choose bad over. And I don't even want to say good. It's just truth. Truth. Yeah. Well, LeBron Ball is in your court, pun intended. Okay. (laughs) So let me ask you this, Chris. So this is what I was getting to about the, this is how, you know, this conversation has permeated because a real housewife, the most frivolous thing you can think of, right? Right. Was fired over this conversation in January. So here's what happened. And I want your take on this. There were posts resurfaced of hers on Facebook or whatever from 2020 when everything was going on mm-hmm. and they were deemed as racist posts. I'm going to read you some. He rolled his sure. eyes. I'm going to roll uh, read you some, but the essence is that she compares all the rioting to that had gone on right in 2020 to thugs and criminals. So let me read you an example. Okay. So here's one post. This is something she reposted. Hundreds of Blacks shot and many killed, including children by other Blacks every week. Over a thousand officers violently injured, some permanently by rioters. Anarchists rioting in major cities every night, which has done billions of dollars of destruction to private and public property. And you still think police officers are the problem? You are an idiot. That's one thing. (laughs) Thoughts? Well, I think with that, again, your First Amendment right is your First Amendment right. And that's what we defend every day we go out there. Post what you will. But here's my thought. My thought is that is not racist because people use the color of somebody's skin. That doesn't make that it's racist. They're using an adjective, number one. Number two, the, the riots and stuff were it, – it was, it was a giant mess. 
And I'm telling you right now, a, a lot of those rioters were white. I was on the ground. So the fact that you use black or white or whatever, I don't think that's racist. I think that my personal opinion is she made those comments by watching the news. And what's the news going to show? The news is going to show what sells. So what sells? Policemen and black people and, or the policemen and the black culture um, butting heads. Yeah. So what were the riots a mess? She's absolutely right. 100%. A lot of people get hurt. 100% right. Did a lot of innocent people get shot? No, but that does happen on a daily basis. So I think she's intermingling, but the truth to truth. I think that because she basically, here's another one, right? But she's basically saying all the rioting was, you know, out of control and was it not was. okay. This is something that I agreed with yet again with the narratives. If you somehow thought there was an issue with burning buildings to the ground, then you are a racist, right? So here's here's another example of something she posted. I'm sick of people saying cops need more training. You had 18 years to teach your kids it's wrong to loot, steal, set buildings ablaze, block traffic, laser people's eyes, overturn cars, destroy buildings, and attack citizens. Who failed who? So here's another example. And Chris, there was an outcry of fans right. of Bravo going, fire this girl. You need to vet your people. Right. And I just take issue with it because I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm a free speech girl all the right. way. Right? right. So if we're going to let Colin Kaepernick, whether, whether I agree or not do his thing, right. I'm going to, you know what, your, your point too, you know, respect that that's his first amendment. Right. But right. why is it one-sided to where we're not going to respect her first amendment? Right. Then like, that, let's let it all out there. But absolutely. she was, and, and she's Asian too, which I think is hilarious because <laughs> he was the first Vietnamese housewife. So here, that's why when it all happened, I made fun of it right. on my show because it's like, here they are making a woke point, And then it's like, eh, we're going to fire her. She didn't right. last long. Right. Right. So that's my issue with it. It's like, you know what? Shame on you, Bravo, because right. Do you know it's it's they they're so selective about but, but, and, who they punish? That's one hundred percent. Why are we so selective about why are we so selective about um, what our First Amendment right is? It's part of our Constitution. It's the amendments. It's what we are. It's what our forefathers want. I don't care if you don't agree. Don't care. Because guess what? When was the last time that you sat in the conversation? with somebody, let's just say I have a conversation with a liberal. Very few of my friends are, uh, are liberal, but I do have some, but guess what? We talk and we disagree and we agree to disagree, but then we have a beer and ultimately we all want the same thing. We want yes. people to get along. We want peace. We want people to live the American dream. What's the problem with that? What is the problem with that? I don't care what but free speech and to get fired over free speech. It's more, it's ridiculous. I mean, I agree. We're in, I talk about it all the time on my show. We're in a society where something someone says, you know, it's their responsibility, how you feel. And it's right. like, no, it's, we need to start, you know, right. being adults right. here and taking responsibility for our, our, our own feelings. Right. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous because why don't you break it down to what the truth is? She, she's right. Parents had a long time to, to, to teach your kids right from wrong. What I think we had to break down is well, why are they doing it? Why over the last 18 years? Is it the parents' fault? 
Is it that they don't have the reason? Like, like what, like, what is it? Let, let's just break that down and say, Hey, there might be some truth to this because we know people say, stu- you know, stuff that, that is ridiculous that I don't agree with. And you don't agree with. Right. I, I think, I think what she said, what she said is the way she's feeling because maybe, maybe she couldn't get down to the store or maybe she couldn't go out to lunch with her family, or maybe she couldn't do this because of everything's going on. And there was some venting there, which is to her right. But why don't we look at it? Her comment about 18 years having to teach her children what's right. She's right. And you know, there's also, you talk about going out, going down to store, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many layers of it. Again, it's like with the narratives, right? That people don't acknowledge. I remember when it was all going down, I saw a story on the news that nearly had me in tears. Um, It was a family who had immigrated to Los Angeles. Um, I forget where it was, they were Asian, but they, they immigrated, built a business like off their backs, a jewelry business and had hundreds of thousands of jewelry stolen and their Mm -hmm. lives were everything they'd built coming here, building their business was completely ruined. And that's why I wasn't okay. You know, things like that is why what we saw was not okay. And I'll tell you, this is how far the narrative and the thought control runs. Because when I did my episode about this a couple months ago, saying what you're saying, almost defending her, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my God, but that's how deep it runs. You know? Well, look, look look at the riots. I mean, if you look at the riots that that happened, they're, they're riding over um, the whole George Floyd issue, which let's we can we can put a whole show on that. But the bottom line is, the cop was arrested, the cop was tried, the cop was convicted. What are we rioting over? And if we want to riot over um, police brutality and stuff, okay, I get it. Because does it exist? Sure. Mm-hmm. But what do you think rioting is going to cause? Rioting is going to cause more fights. It's also it's gonna, divisive. I it's know. also divisive. Yep. I had a plan for a gathering one time that right before the pandemic, I was going to get 20 cops in a room playing close. We were going to have a community activist and the chief of the watch. You don't know who's the police. You don't know who's who. You have 10 people at a table and all you do is talk every 10 minutes. It's like a speed dating. Every 10 or 15 minutes, you hit the buzzer. They switch tables. And at the end of the night, talk to everybody and figure out what they got out of it. They're got to be held responsible and yeah. get them in and get them in a room and talk to them. Because guess what? Let's just take if Black Lives Matter were to do that and they get on, they, they get in a room with Lori Lightfoot or they get in a room with um, the mayor of New York or whatever. And they actually talk about put. Why don't you live stream the meeting? What do we got to hide? Have somebody sit there and say, well, ask them this question or ask them this yes. question. What are yes. we afraid of? We're afraid of that people are going to have to get punished because of their actions to move forward. Or we're afraid of finding out what our real problem is. Are we afraid of finding out that the, all the politicians are taking the money and put away? I, I don't know. What are we so afraid of? Before we pivot, because I do want to talk about the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard chaos <laughs> and domestic violence, right? Because I think that whole message is shedding a light on, on all that. Right. But going off of what you just said in a last note on this, you know, I, I, before everything had happened with BLM, with the riots before COVID, I had interviewed a young uh, black actor who was in the Netflix series. Now they see us about the central park, Mm -hmm. uh, the jogger, the female jogger. And he, you know, I was trying to get in his head and he told me, you know, what he told me a story, you know, getting pulled over. And as a black man, I'm, I'm terrified. Like I get, I mean, listen, as a white girl, I'm not going to lie, Chris, I get terrified when I, I get, get terrified too over. when I get pulled over. 
What's that? I get terrified too when I get pulled over. So it's natural. Absolutely not. That's really funny though. Who would have thought? And, um, and so, you know, getting in his head and it definitely conversations like that helped shed light, even hearing, you know, black women saying my son, I'm, I'm petrified, right. Of, of him getting pulled over. So I could understand that, that element of it. And let me, let me interrupt you on that, but that's where, that's where the policemen come in. When you, when you do a traffic stop, you, you are trained in body language. When you see somebody is obviously nervous. Now it is your job to calm that down. And say, sir, I pulled you over for going through a stop sign. It's not a big deal. Take a breath. We're all good to go. Keep your hands on the wheel. And we're going to get through this. As a policeman, that is your job. You should recognize it and you should address it. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. But yeah. that's that's what I was going to ask. Like last point on this is you've talked about <clears throat> having accountability on all sides of this issue. And could you understand why you know, as a young black man or as these, you know, these, these mothers are like, you know, I'm petrified. I'm petrified of him, you know, getting stopped at a, you know, traffic routine, you know, light. Right. I, and and I could see it because of what the media puts out and they put, they instill that fear. Mm -hmm. And until I buy my own media company, uh, there's really nothing I can do about it. But as a policeman, what I can do about it is I can put people at ease or taking time out to say, Hey, what's going on that you ran that traffic stop? taking that one second to ask them about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is, because if you humanize it just a little bit, then they most likely will feel a little bit more at ease knowing that this is just a traffic stop. Everybody does it. I do it. I've been pulled over. I've gotten tickets. I mean, it's, it's a traffic stop and you've got to, unfortunately we can't beat the media because we don't have a media outlet but what we can do is we can treat the individual. Mm-hmm. And how and, does defund, like last thought on this, but how does defunding solve any of these issues? So if anything, it's so stupid. If anything, it's stupid. more resources and training and funding and right. Right. Like, how about taking the funding? First and foremost, training is probably, uh, that is what we need the most of. Number one. Number two, we also need reality-based training. Number three, we also should take, um, some of these people, like you've all seen these reports where you have these uh, reporters come in and they try and go through the uh, scenarios and they end up getting shot. Then afterwards, you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of a messed up feeling. So just more of that, more education, mm-hmm. more education, educating the public on how interactions should go. There needs to be more funding in that aspect of yeah. training us and training the public. So fascinating. Um, so fascinating shining a light on how the media really plays a role in all of this. Oh, yeah. um, pivoting to domestic violence. Okay. Thoughts on this is kind of like a fun pop culture <laughs> one, but thoughts on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Not so much domestic <laughs> violence, but hey. Well, I mean, as far as violence, that that is 100 percent battery. That he, Will Smith got locked up. I was gonna up. ask how you would like on the scene, literally, what would protocol be? Oh, he would have got if, if 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 Chris Rock would have had the one of file charges, but I he that that would have been locked up one hundred percent. You just don't walk up to somebody. J- just think about it. What happens if somebody called me a pig, and I just walked up and slapped them? Was that okay? No, it's battery. It's battery. My wife knows that I'll defend her to the till my last breath. The guy want to make wants to make a joke. What do I care? But to go up and slap him, that that is totally inappropriate have a conversation with him afterwards yeah saying hey this is what we do 
as a uh, as a society is if something is done, it's something is said. You pull them aside later and say, "Hey, listen, dude. Just so you know, my wife's got alopecia or whatever. Can you kind of, you know, curb it or whatever?" And guess what? His reaction would be, "Holy crap! I am so sorry, dude. I am so sorry. I didn't know." I think it says so much about you know we talk about masculinity and this idea of toxic masculinity and all this. Like to me, to your point, that's what I had said in my episode when it happened. Like a real man to me is handling it how you just said the right, right. way. Like what that was, was a coward little baby brat. Right. 100%. But I also, I also think it says something about privilege to your point. You're like anybody else would straight up be arrested. You know, right. I even joked, like say it wasn't a, a, you know, a makeup artist or an extra. Right. And they went up and did it. They would get escorted off immediately, but because yep. it's Will Smith, it's, yep. you know, such a display of elitism. You know. But because because when you're an actor, or you're a basketball player, or you're a football player, or whatever, rules don't apply to you. No. But they wanted to apply to every policeman, and, and they and they and it should it should apply to us. The law is the law. But it's funny that it doesn't apply to them, but they want it to apply to us. But anyway. oh, Chris, you got me with that moment. You got yeah. me with that. But it's like what we said earlier, right? If you're gonna let, it's like it's all such a double standard. If you're gonna right. let Colin Kaepernick do her, his thing, let this housewife do their thing. If right. you're gonna hold police to the standard, well, then hold, hold Will Smith or whoever else to that. Right. Standard. And and let's say Chris Rock didn't want to press charge because I run. I we we go through this every day. Hey, do you want to press charges? Nah, it was just a misunderstanding. I'll take care of it or whatever. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um. You know, it's it, it. I just don't. They again. They want to. They want certain people to be held responsible and some not. Period. Yeah. And let's talk about the Depp hurt because this is like getting. <laughs> this is almost the OJ Simpson of my generation. Everybody is. I mean, I'm a little behind because right. how much of this shit can you keep up with? They're right, live, right. They're live streaming every five seconds, right? right. But. Talk to me because you talk about domestic violence on your show. Right. I'm sure you've been. Um, you've been called to scenes oh, dealing God, with this. Yeah. And so right. talk to me about, because I feel like something that is really interesting about this case is shedding a light. I, we don't know. Listen, it could come down to he said, she said. My belief is that it was mutually abusive, but I think it's sure. shining a light on a woman being the abuser, which again is a narrative in our society right. that we can't or don't acknowledge, right? Especially right. when it comes to me too. It's like women are automatically innocent and men are automatically monsters. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about it from that vantage point, what you've seen and the idea of women, in fact, being abusers, uh, allegedly in this case, right? Sure. As well. Right. Well, I mean, obviously we've been, over my career, we've been to thousands of domestic batteries. Um, the unfortunate part about it is that it, it's, it's really, really sad. And I think one of the things um, for my career that I've learned is I have two daughters and th th we have some specific rules. And besides being good people, um, one, they don't, they will never depend on anybody to take care of them. They have to be independent. I see it on both sides of the fence. I see uh, the man being dependent on the woman and the woman knocking the crap out of them and the man knocking the crap out of the woman because she has nowhere else or nowhere to go. And I think uh, I've seen it, but, but it, it all boils down to the same thing in regards to from an emotional standpoint or financial standpoint, one can't leave the other. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it's on both sides of the fence. I've been, and you, you walk in there like this, we had a, we had a case, the guy six, three, I, I kid you not. Like when I walked in the door and this is my, this was my bias. 
Um, I walk and I'm looking at this guy going, holy crap, if we got to fight this guy, he's like, I'm like, send me another car. Cause I know this, like, I'm, we're, this is going to be, this is going to be roadhouse stuff. Right. Cause he's, you know, he got a guy from the city and I knew this was going to be, uh, I figured, okay, this is going to be bad. And there's this girl, five, three, about 110 pounds. And anyway, he's bleeding, she's bleeding, whatever. Long story short, it was her. She was the, she's been the instigator and she was the instigator for almost, almost five years. So it, wow. it, 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 yeah, it, it goes to show that it, it does happen on both sides of the fence, but when I'm watching and I only watch so much and this is just being boots on the ground. Yes. They've turned this into entertainment and whoever the aggressor is, or they're talking about her shitting on his pillow or whatever. And I think they've turned it in, they've turned something super serious into entertainment. They absolutely have. Yeah. And, and, and when, and trust me, you, when you go into a home, and there is a man or a woman who got their face bashed in by an iron over getting their nails done. Mm. That is not entertainment. This is, this is an issue. And, and, and again, you have, instead of taking the media and taking this time, did you, have you ever seen one commercial that says, Hey, if you feel like you're being abused, call this number. Not one, mm-hmm. not one. And at a minimum, you should expect that. Let me ask you this. Is there a part of it to where these are two, listen, actors, you know, narcissistic attention, attention whores, right? Yep. Is there a part of it where it almost falls on them for making it such a spectacle? Like this easily could have been handled privately and they've decided to have every moment of it literally live streamed to the world. 100% because what's going to happen now when this is all over, do you think- they're going to get on a, they're going to get on a, a, a talk show for free. No, no. Do you That's think, or, or or director or their next movie part? How do you think that conversation is going to start? Hey, John, I saw your trial, man. You okay. But I got this movie part for you. Cause now you're in the limelight. You want to, you want to make 25 million. They've commercialized it. They commercial it to my, in my opinion, then I want to get that there. This is my opinion. They've commercialized domestic battery. And it has now become, it's not that big a deal because you drink wine or you do this to this person or you do that to that person or you sleep with this person, you sleep with that person. It's entertainment. It's not. It affects people. And when it affects people, the police have to deal with it. Counselors have to deal with it. The victims have to deal with it. The victim has no support system. You're taking them out of their home and, and, and they've commercialized at the point. And again, and, and this is what infuriates me is the fact of what, while you're doing this Facebook streaming or whatever, put up a little blurb. Yeah. If you feel you right. call right. this number. Now we have only about five minutes, but I so appreciate, I could see why you'd be such an amazing coach. You're so <laughs> wise and thoughtful and awesome. Um, before I pivot to my very last thought about law enforcement and COVID and mandates, From what you've seen on the ground when it comes to domestic violence, you know, with men or women being aggressors or abusers, has it been, you know, more men, more women, 50-50, like just your general sense? The general sense, it's been more men. Right. It's been more men. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, when you really get down to the crux of it, it's coming, it comes from uh, a learned behavior or it comes from, you know, not being able to control anything else in their lives, yeah. whether it's drinking or whatever. So they find us one thing that they control or person, and that's everything. I mean, going down to the point of murder or a murder-suicide, I think it was the average, there's seven 
it's seven times before the the victim leaves wow that's a, that's a lot wow wow i mean that, that that's a lot and you know and you, you see all these movies that you go into the you know you see the coppers go in and go hey you want to fight a real man but i listen that's not the way it was because when you go in there you'll you will do what you need to do you know i'm going to win the fight i already know that mm-hmm. but it's the aftermath now i got to write the report and take the statements from you know, a five-year-old kid watching his dad or mom beat the crap out of each other. That's really, that's what it said. Really quickly. How sure. do you feel? This is something I wanted to ask you earlier about the way that cops are portrayed in shows and movies. Oh my God. It's <laughs> Some of it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. You know, it's, it, it, it is. And, and when you have people that, that get their perspective and stuff and um, very, it's like, shoot them in the leg. Uh, I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Shoot him in the leg. Do you think when they pull this knife out that they're, or, or they pull a the gun on me, they're going to shoot me in the leg or they're going to shoot you in the leg? No, that's not the way this works. Um, but it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I don't watch them with my family because like, I know who the murderer is within 10 minutes. And, and I'd be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to They're like, shut Boy, up and fun. watch. <laughs> I was going to ask if there's one that's gotten it terribly wrong, but. Oh God. No. They're all kind of, yeah, they're all kind of like, this would make action. So one last thought on this. Okay. So when they were mandating vaccines, we had a lot of walkouts and protests from law enforcement, which I stood behind because I thought to myself, you know, when everybody was home during the pandemic, eating bonbons and, you know, taking Zoom meetings, these were the people, you know, out on the front line, sacrificing everything. And now we're going to turn around saying, you have to do this. You have to do that. Um, Really quickly, your thoughts on on all that when that went down, uh, you well, know, whether it be fire departments, police departments. I, I think I think it was handled poorly on all aspects. I don't think that they should be mandated because in regard to the fact of um, you don't even know what you're dealing with yet. And, you know, when you take a vaccine, it's like you had the polio vaccine. I had the polio vaccine. A vaccine vaccine is supposed to prevent it when you have the CDC changing it, saying uh, or, you, you know, the vaccine is you're never supposed to get it when you have somebody coming out there saying, well, it's going to prevent it. You might still get it, but that, that, it's ridiculous. And you're taking this out of the people, firemen, policemen that um, you're mandating them that, that that is your your last line of defense at this point. Um, and you're mandating them without even knowing what's going on. I, I think that I think that's horrible. And as far as guys, you know, as far as, far as a brotherhood walking out. I think that might have been able to, to be handled better with, you know, uh, legal injunctions and, and stuff like that. But that's a little bit out of my realm. Okay. Um, but I don't, uh, I just think that that whole thing could have been handled better on both yeah. sides. Yeah. And I thought it was, in, again, you know, these were people like yourself who had to go out there before we knew anything, before right. we had anything at all, risking it all. And now we were going to turn around and I just thought it was wrong. Um, so with that, Chris, thank you oh my God, so thank you. much. Oh my Where pleasure. can we find you? And I just want to also leave my final thoughts. You know, I'm certainly somebody who takes a look at the media and the narratives, obviously, right. you know, as a journalist, as a host, all this with a grain of salt. And, and I have to say this conversation really makes me, you know, leaves me feeling like I, I definitely want to take a, not believe everything I see and read because it can be right. so manipulative. So thank you for really, um, 
shedding a light on that for us today and getting to the truth of things, which we, our society has no ability right. to do. Um, so thank you so much for that. My Where pleasure. can we find you and get your wisdom and coaching <laughs> advice, Chris? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time. And one thing I think what, I mean, what we all, everybody needs to do is, you know, you, we need to hold people accountable for whether they've done something right or whether they've done something wrong and what, what they've stated. I think people need to be challenged on their first amendment because I think you put a lot of things out there that are, that are wrong and false and people will do that. Um, and they need to be challenged on it because it, as a society and as a culture, we're not going to, um, we're not going to get better if we don't. So I thank you for putting the truth out there. I really do because that helps. And, and for what it's worth by you putting the truth out your listeners and followers, the percentage that they will portray out to other people are truly saving lives. And I mean that hundred percent. I really do. Thank you. So the coaching or the coaching cop at gmail.com. Anybody can get me there or for the show. It's uh, three cops talk at Gmail uh, number three cops talk at gmail.com. And please put anything out there. And uh, you have suggestions for a show, what you want to hear uh, guess you want to interview. Let me know. Chris, thank you for your thank service, you. not only on cancel me baby, but <laughs> on your show and in the streets. We so appreciate you. Thank you for having me.